Hey everyone, welcome back to the National Fire Radio Podcast, where we are releasing daily episodes Monday through Friday. Conversations with people that are in love with this job. We talk about the highs and the lows and everything in between, but if you're here listening and part of the National Fire Radio community and you're checking out this podcast, whether it's your first episode or you're all the way in on a hundred and something episodes by now and you're bought into it, we appreciate you. We appreciate you being part of the community and constantly coming back and listening to the podcast. Welcome. Enjoy the word. And for us to be able to do this and deliver this to you every day, we need the help of some sponsors. And these sponsors are partners where we do collaboration work and they allow us to put forth great content with great guests so that we can keep pushing this job forward. So before we hop into the episode, a quick word from some of our sponsors. Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his team have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017 with over 200,000 shields in the market. Taylor's Tins is a leader in the American Fire Service helmet front space. Not only do they manufacture helmet fronts, but they do so much more. Locker tags, key chains, CO monitor charts, medical kit charts, pump charts, banquet awards, you name it, they do it. Go over to taylorstins.com and check out what they can offer you today. They've become a longtime sponsor and good friend of the National Fire Radio podcast, and because of that, they offer a promo code at checkout. So when you go to taylorstins.com, enter NFR sent me. That is NFR sent me, and you'll get 15% off your checked out order. It works on all stock items from taylorstins.com, including quick tins, license plates, locker tags, and much, much more. Exclusions do apply. This is a company that prides themselves on quality and customer service. From the inception, from your design to out the door, it's within 48 hours. Nobody else is doing that. They can't do that. 48 hours to get your shield out the door to you to put it on your helmet and get to the next job. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com. Again, that's taylorstins.com. Check out their latest offerings and use promo code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for 15% off on your checkout. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Hey everyone, Jeremy National Fire Radio back on the podcast today with my partner in crime, Robert Ridley. Jeremy, good morning. Morning, buddy. How are you? Fantastic. So we're coming off of a fun weekend. We had a project uh, late last week down in uh, the Philadelphia area with the guys from Fast Rescue Solutions. Uh, Bobby Eckert spoke that night. It was a brotherhood event where Bobby came in and did one of his presentations. Uh, it was also a fundraiser for Next Rung. And we had a lot of different uh, firefighter-based companies there supporting the evening, uh, giving back time and donating money as well as an incredible attendance of probably upwards of 140 people in that room to hear Bobby speak and also to support NextRung and Fast Rescue Solutions as a uh, game changer in the fire service, man. Yeah. I mean, really, all three of them are, are game changers in their own right, and that's uh, it was an amazing evening, and I was happy to participate in it. Yeah, I think it's cool, right? So when we started looking and breaking this whole thing down, the traditional means of delivery, meaning how do we get information out to the people? These are companies and training companies and support groups and product-based companies 
that have found a unique and different way to deliver information to today's firefighters, meaning they're not using the traditional methodology of delivery of their message anymore. They're doing real-time marketing and advertising, real-time public awareness and education. And I truly think that that's what sets companies apart this day and age. And it's very much has to do with what National Fire Radio is doing too and us, right? So our podcast is crushing. We're up towards of 100,000 downloads a month. We're doing, um, what you call, on top of that, the, the new website will be launching uh, by the beginning of March, which is going to be game-changing in how content delivery is done across the industry. And that's going to be a big thumb in the eye of what we know as today of how people are digesting everything from training content to current events to apparatus innovation and, and build and design uh, through conferences and everything else. There is a tremendous amount of content that's going to be coming out on our new website. I'm very excited for it, but it goes right in line with all of these micro conferences. It goes right in line with all of these training companies that are out there that are putting themselves out on the channels of communication that people are paying attention to. And it shows, and it shows dividends. These guys are doing very well doing their own promotion and putting themselves out there. It's a hustle and a grind, but man, these guys, they're reaping, they're reaping it. Well, and I think you said you, the key point was they put themselves out there, right? And that's, that is a, that is, that is the key is that they have the courage to get uncomfortable for, you know, a, a minute and put their message out and put what they're about out there and then back it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's it, right? So I'm a firm believer that if your message is good and solid, if your product, if you're a manufacturer and you're building a good product and you believe in your product, or if you're an educator, you're a training company where you do hands-on or lecture series and your message is solid, then you have nothing to worry about. There's always going to be trolls and people out there that are willing to come after you regardless of how solid. I mean, some of the biggest names in the industry, John Norman and and Chief Salka and, and uh, Vinny Dunn, and the list goes on and on. There's always going to be naysayers about their content too. Right. So what I think is important is to educate everyone that if you have a solid message or a solid product, if you're a distributor, an OEM, a manufacturer, a training company or just an individual that's in love with the job, be authentic to yourself and deliver your message. There's always going to be people that are ready to tear you down, but ultimately the overwhelming voice will be support and lifting you up. You have the ability today more than ever to put yourself out there and own everything you do. And if your message is solid and your product is good, it speaks for itself. And then you start to build community. And as you build community, that's how you start moving forward. And that's what these brands are doing. Everybody is a brand, whether you teach and train or you're a company, you're a brand first. Your brand matters. Authenticity matters, and you need to back that up. Yeah, and, and your your brand, and like another way to, to bridge it from the unknown to the unknown for everybody out there, it's your reputation. And you can work very hard to build it up, and it can take one one misstep to, to ruin it, but it's ultimately it's your reputation that's out there. So, Yeah, I, I think reputation's interesting, though, Rob, because I've thought a lot about this. And I think you have the ability to build it back up. If you make a misstep and the people that truly know you, like I take National Fire Radio for five years now, and it's five years this weekend or this past weekend, right? So it's our yep. anniversary, five years, right, of from, mm -hmm. from nowhere to where we are today. And I'm super proud of where we are today and the household recognition and name 
and I like to think that our name in the industry, when it's mentioned, people get an idea of who we are. And I like to think that that is an authentic and transparent group of people that are trying to push this job forward. And I truly hope that that's what our message has been and always will be. But listen, man, I'll make a misstep every day of my life. We're going to make we're going to make errors. We're going to have situations that maybe wasn't the best or represent us the best it could have. But I think we can bounce back from that. I think your reputation, right, it takes a lot more than one one thing to really ruin you unless it's a massive, out-of-the-box, uncharacteristic event that happens. But little things along the way, you're going to make missteps. And I don't want to portray this as every little misstep bangs mm. up your reputation because ultimately people that believe in us, if we make a misstep, we can bounce back. We can come back from it. And it takes work, and it takes the ability for your people to believe in you, but you got to believe in yourself too. And that's where the importance is of understanding who you are and the message that you have needs to be authentic and true 100% of the time. For us, everything we do, we put it out there and we own it. We take responsibility and own it for 100% of the time. And so if we're wrong, we're wrong. If we're right, we're right. But you got to own it. It's the only way people will believe in you and come back to your brand time and time again. Yes. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) I love you. I just like when you have those moments because it's like you, you catch me speechless every time. And I'm like, oh, well, I, it's just true. I mean, I think a lot about this all the time. You know, I mean, we're, we're getting daily messages on DMs. We got the podcast, the National Fire Radio email now. That email just blows up every day. People sending us emails, whether it's, hey, that episode helped. That episode was terrible. You're off the mark. I mean, shit, we get held accountable all the time when we say something and people are like, that's not true. And I'm like, OK, then educate me. I might not be as educated as the next guy about something, but I can have an opinion about it or a thought, but maybe I need to be further along in my education to really have an opinion or thought. And so if you're, if you know better than I do, educate me, don't talk down to me. And I think that's a great way to lead into the segue today of what you and I were just going to hit on. And we're going to talk about leadership and accountability and the ungloriness of leadership and why so many people think they want to be a leader until they get to that position and then they realize they can't lead because of all the down and dirty that has to be done and they can't do it. Yeah. It almost goes in there. It's interchangeable. It's accountability and leadership and it's leadership with accountability. And you're 100% correct because there's a glorious side of things that people think of. And it's like the, the follow me into the, firefight mentality but it's in order to get there you there's a process and you have to you have to you have to do it just plain and simple there's no there's there's no excuse not to and it's a uh it's work and a lot of people it's their misstep they get into it and then they all of a sudden they like how many how many times have you you seen just in in uh especially when i was involved in the volunteer fire service oh this guy's going to change things he's going to change things we elect him as chief and then they end up being that do nothing chief because now they're being held accountable. It's, it was a very easy to to make the comments. If I'm in charge, I'm going to do this. But now you're in charge, and what are what are you what are you exactly doing? And just and it happens in the career service as well. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, for sure, right? I mean, we can break this down a little bit. So it's, you know, if you want to promote up in a career side or you want to run in the volunteer elections for the next position, I think I did a podcast last week with Tyler Whitfield out of Clearwater, Florida, and he, he said something that really resonated with me. He said that, you know, before you promote up or move up, you better be 100% proficient in the job you were doing before moving up because what mm -hmm. happens is when you move up, you still have to do the job that you were doing now you need to also be able to have this aura about you that you can watch others while doing your job. You have to be proficient at your job before you can start to watch or lead others. It's like this, this uh, second nature instinct type thing where you need to be like out of body to be able to know your people, where they are, what positions they're in, what they're doing while still performing your skills, tasks, and abilities. And if you're not confident and comfortable in your own abilities, it's going to be very hard for you to believe in the people that are working for you and to be able to let them work while supervising them while doing your own work. And I think that's where we have a big breakdown is when people in leadership positions are not comfortable in their own skills and abilities. That is where we run into problems where we start micromanaging or we don't lead as well as we can. So let's go down this road a little bit, right? Like when you lack abilities on the fire ground or you lack social abilities or discipline, disciplinary abilities within the firehouse or holding people accountable. Like you can't be everybody's buddy until the buzzer goes off and then you put on a, an officer hat and think that it's now different, right? You have to, when you make that decision to be an officer or a boss or a leader, you have to remove yourself from that every day of what you knew to put yourself and insulate yourself just a little bit so that there is that fine line 24 hours a day of now the line has changed a little bit. You can't be bosom buddies with the guys in the back seat like you were. And especially this is hard in the volunteer service. This is hard in the career service. When you flip that switch overnight, Rob, all yeah. of a sudden you're expected to pull yourself away and to maintain a little bit of distance so that you can now you know, separate yourself from the pack so that you can run, you know, walk that fine line of being a boss versus their buddy. And this is where things start to fall apart. And I think people don't know how to manage that correctly. And I think a lot of it has to do with accountability. Accountability oh, yeah. matters. What are your thoughts on accountability? I, so I think the, the accountability part, like the biggest thing that I found in transition from firefighter to officer you know, and, and I think people think of accountability so that if you have to do checks every day on like you have to check the apparatus and you got to make sure station chores are done and then you need to put things in the, in the station log. Like that's one step of the accountability process. And that's the check boxes of, of I don't want to say of leadership, but maybe management. But the other part is like now I'm accountable to, well, the chief. I'm accountable to the firefighters I work with. And then I'm accountable to their families because if something goes wrong, and I survive the incident, I have to be the one who holds the accountability to look them in the eye and say, this is what happened. And like, when you kind of start to, to recognize that, like, you know, and that, that should hit everybody. Like a, a, it, should, it should be like the, the sober hammer, you know, it just comes across you and you're all of a sudden like, Whoa, man, because that's that accountability and the responsibility that you're holding into that position. Cause it's not just the fire ground hack uh, tactics or, or the, the average everyday operations of the firehouse, you are now accountable to 
so many more people than just your crew. It's like a, a ripple in a pond. If you drop a rock in the middle of it and it's calm, those ripples go out and the, you, know, you, you just don't know the full potential of, of what that's all about. Yeah. But let's be, yeah. I mean, so before we even get that broad, right? Like it's just as simple as when you become one, even before you become a boss, you have to become accountable of yourself. That's mm-hmm. inside and outside of the firehouse. That's how you carry yourself, how you conduct yourself, how you treat your your family, how you treat your spouse, your kids, your your money situation, your career goals, all of that, right? There's accountability there. And then when you come into the fireground, you or into the firehouse, you have to hold yourself accountable as well to your actions. And that comes down to how you walk that line, how you how you come in and and promote yourself, learn teach, grow. These are all things that you have to do and you got to hold yourself accountable to it. How many people are working this job that are not comfortable in the positions they ride? I would bet you a ton, a shit ton of people that are second guessing themselves because they're lacking the experience and we are not giving them the tools they need to really promote themselves and feel confident in the positions they're in. And so accountability. You have to hold yourself accountable. If you're not comfortable in that situation or in that riding position, why? Break it down, figure it out. If it's because the department's not giving you the training you need or the experience that you need to go get, or the officer of your company is not providing those opportunities to you as well, then you need to seek them out yourself. Because here's the problem. If you don't hold yourself accountable and you think that subpar proficiency is okay, well, then there's going to be a breakdown. And you can point the finger all you want, but it still comes back to the individual. If you weren't able to push that line, make that grab, get that roof opened up, right, because you were timid or lacked the uh, training or experience to do so, the accountability falls on you. It's easy to point up the line. It's easy to say, well, they didn't give me the training. But you're also riding a seat that you know what's expected of you. And if you can't perform, well, then that's on you. And you have to seek out ways to better yourself. That's just fact. A lot of organizations let us down. Leaders let people down all the time. And in fact, we're losing leaders at such a rapid pace. And the next layer of leaders that are coming up are so wishy-washy and so terrible at their jobs that we, the firefighter, the backstep guy, has to do a much better job of protecting himself and insulating himself because the guy in that front seat's probably not going to be the guy that's pushing you forward. Now, I say that, Rob, with, you know, um, a little bit of hesitation because that's not true everywhere. But I know people struggle with this. We hear it every single day through National Fire Radio and the conversations that people come back with. They struggle. They struggle with who's leading them today. They have lack of confidence in their leaders. And in fact, if the guy in the back seat has lack of confidence in the guy in the front seat, I can promise you that guy in the front seat lacks confidence in himself too. There's no accountability. They've put themselves in a position where they're not holding themselves accountable. And that is where we have a breakdown in leadership. Yeah. And I, you know, going back to what you said before on the accountability side of it with knowing the job, being comfortable and everything else, like you're never, I don't think you walk into that position and you're a hundred percent comfortable, but the accountable side of it is acknowledging that and being like, and and then holding yourself to the constant reevaluation. Like, Hey, what did I do here? What, uh, what went right? What went wrong? What are we going to improve on the next time? Because there's, there's a certain aspect of this that's normal, like normal feelings of like, whether you're new in the position, 
and figuring it out. But like you hit on before, if you are going to just accept it as it is and not have any, uh, like a, a reflective look back at yourself and the actions and everything else, and you're going to start accepting that mediocrity, then you're going to be in a, in a world of shit. Bro, it's comfort's an easy thing, man. Comfort leads to complacency. And so if you're going out the door five, six, seven, 12 times a day, but you're not going to fires, you're not putting your, your skills to the test and you're, you're getting a sore finger from resetting fire alarms all the time, right? Or running through a building with a CO meter and not having findings, right? It becomes mm-hmm. complacent. And we start to let our guard down and believe that hey, we're in a slow district. I mean, what are the chances of going to fires? And and I'm going to refer back to him again because he hit on a bunch of great things in my podcast with him last week with Tyler Whitfield. He said, why are we training for the things we do every day when we should be training for the things we don't do every day? Right. Yeah. If I'm going to medical calls all day long, I should be I should be very proficient at doing medical stuff. But if I'm not going to fires every day, why are we not training on fires every day? If I'm not doing it every day, I need to be practicing it every day. I I used that analogy the other day because it was a great podcast. And I said, I kind of said, I was like, you know, we're focusing on EMS training, but, you know, it's almost guaranteed where I work that we're going to have an ambulance call every day. Yes. But uh, we, you know, and I, I said, like, we put very little into bailout training. Like, because you have to do your two bailouts a year. Um, it's a high risk, you know, low frequency event. But, you know, we put a, a good chunk into training for a firefighter down. Um, and hopefully we never actually have to utilize those skills. But I said, like, let's, so let's, we took those two out. But now let's go into actual firefighting, like the whole the job. It says fire district, fire department. It doesn't say ambulance on the side of the fire truck. It says, you know, fire department. We don't do that. But yeah, it's the one thing that we somehow don't train on consistently and the, like, I got a little pushback from from my boss on it. and I said no no I said I want you to like let's be honest let's have an open conversation here how many times have we actually pushed or, or, or moved our training forward in these areas and like look, look at let's look at the training records and we started looking and you know you start to realize you, you fall in the trap of, all right, you have your, like New York, we have our 100 hours, so we're doing our 100 hours, but are we really, really sharpening the edge of the sword or the blade so we, we're actually good at this thing that we don't do very often? Like, I can take a blood pressure. I can teach you to take blood pressures tomorrow, and that's fine because we do it consistently, but we're not stretching that line every day, and, we, you know, unfortunately, we're not blessed with that kind of workload, so we have to start focusing on it, and we have to you know, kind of readjust our, our pattern of fire. And I, I really thought Tyler hit a, a great point on that. It was awesome. Yeah, I thought so too. So, I mean, these are, we're, we're going all over the place here, right? But just yeah. to kind of bring it back on track a little bit with training or with, with accountability and leadership. So many people want to lead. So many people want to be in that front seat, in that chief's buggy, Right career volunteer we're always looking to move forward and the accountability begins with yourself and realizing can you take on that job as you move forward are you prepared and are you ready rob you said it very eloquently you said sometimes you're not and i get that right because sometimes opportunity knocks and you need to be thrusted in that position and i understand that but there has to be accountability to understand then that you don't know it all you might not be 100% ready for that position. So you're going to seek out anything and everything you can to better your stance when you get there and while you're performing in those duties. You would and, just, you just, go ahead. And put yourself 
uh, allow yourself to be vulnerable to acknowledge that you don't. And the example that I have is I'm, I'm a, I'm a baseline hazmat guy and I don't understand a lot of the hazmat stuff. I'm not a tech. We went to a call one night at work where we had some, some type of acids and everything at the end of the call. Uh, one of my guys was like, Hey, like, I, you know, this is what it is. And I said, why didn't you speak up about that before? And he's like, well, I, you know, previously when I've done that and I, I had to kind of go back and I said, listen, anytime we're doing this mop and glow stuff, you have a very big background in this. I want you to be my point, man. Like I looked at you at one point, but I said, it was my failure that I didn't communicate that to you beforehand. And I should have. But from this point forward, I always want, like, you are not going to step on my toes in the hazmat situation because it's a struggle for me to learn this. But, like, you know, you have that thing. So it's that that vulnerability of me. Like, and I said that in front of the, the, the chief and the rest of the crew because I wanted everybody to know that, hey, this isn't something I'm good at. But, like, you know, if we, if we run across this where the canaries uh, have fallen down, like, I definitely want to know what you know or at least have that, uh, you know, that knowledge coming in, that communication, because it's, it, it's, it's important. I, I think we have to be careful though. Right. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you in that situation, hundred percent. Right. I would have been the same way. Cause there's just some things in this job that you, you need to rely on prof- more professionals down at a certain discipline to help you formulate a plan and understand operationally uh, how to proceed. Right. I get that. And so, you know, in a, bo- in a boss, in a structural fire boss point of view, totally get it. Like if you have some hazmat information, bring it forward, man. Cause like, I don't have all those answers, but I think when we, when we talk about leadership and, and boss positions, I think we have to be very careful about how we say it's okay to be vulnerable. I say it a lot. It's good to say, or it's good to have a, a, a conversation of, you know, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable or understand this fully, but here's the, here's the problem, Rob, that becomes a little more of the softer, gentler fire service side that I really don't like. And so there's a very fine line when we talk about vulnerability on the fire ground with especially a fire officer, when you Mm -hmm. take on that role and task, you damn well better know that job. You better be on that roof. You better know what that roof looks like, how to cut that roof, what equipment's needed, You better know how to search. You better know how to stretch lines. You better know how to pump. You better. But hold on. We can't find ourselves in a position to say like, well, I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet, or I'm not overly proficient at that, but you're a fucking boss and you need to be. And we can't, you can't let your backstep people sit and look at you and something that you need to know. You can't lead your people in without knowing. And I think what we're doing is we're making excuses today more than ever. And we're saying, well, I, I haven't had the opportunity. I'm young. I haven't been there yet. Meanwhile, you're in a position that you're supposed to be able to know and do that job. And this is where I struggle with this. This is that conflict that I have with where we are today is that we have to stop making excuses and do. You take on that role, you better learn. You better learn it. You better read everything you can. You better find your way to external training to cut that roof so you learn. You better learn about saws. You better dive in on websites and read and learn and talk to people. You have a duty and obligation to be better at your job. And if you want to be in a leadership position, you don't get to say, Sorry, guys, let's go through this together because I'm a little nervous. I've never done this before. That is the worst thing you could do on the fire ground. 
And we need leaders. We need leaders. We need people to pick up their game and lead. And when people are shaky in decision-making or can't make a decision, we're in fucking trouble. And I think this is that fine line where we struggle with, like, it's okay to let people know that you're vulnerable. It's okay to let people know you didn't do it before. Yeah, maybe if you're a backstep firefighter. Ask for help. When you're that boss, you better know. And if you don't, you have every responsibility under the sun to figure it out on your own before you get thrusted into a position where you're going to let people down. And I think that's where we struggle. You know, we need people. We need doers. We need doers. I don't want a boss that stands back and points because he's never done it before, but he's going right. to tell me to go do it. And then if he doesn't like the outcome, says to me like, oh, well, that wasn't done. But you ask him, you put him on point, and all of a sudden he shuts you down again because he can't answer the questions. He can't tell you from experience or knowledge or understanding. And I think there's a very fine line here that we have to walk. And I think too often we're so busy making excuses now instead of taking ownership and doing it. And I'm getting tired of it, to be totally honest with you. Where'd you go? Yeah, I'm here. I know I'm 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 listening. I'm taking some notes here as, as you're talking. I, well, isn't that frustrating to you? Like, yeah, don't I, don't you think there's that fine line? Like, I understand that hazmat situation you mentioned, dude. I don't know anything right. about hazmat other than looking the guide in the glove box at a fire truck, hold my thumb up, and and let you know if I should go closer or not. That's all I freaking <laughs> know. But here's the problem, and I'll be honest with you. Right. At least you better know the resources you need in a discipline like that so that if you pull up and there's a cop laying on the side of the highway next to a tractor trailer, that you're smart right. enough to at least be able to figure out some information before the professionals get there. And I think that's important, too. You can't have every every answer to everything. I get that. In your day-to-day as an engine company or a truck company boss or a rescue company, if you're sitting in the front seat of that rescue, you better know how to use every single piece of equipment in every situation that you're going to potentially be in. You better be able to be proficient at that. That's just your job, and you have to be. Same with an engine company, same with a truck company. But those oddball right. things, those oddball things, at least if you know where to find the answers or begin the process to find the answers, right, your, your right. people in the back seat believe in you because you still have a way of getting to where the answer is and they don't expect you to know what the placards are on every truck. I mean, I get that. Right. But anything else, the bread and butter stuff. Oh, hell yeah. No, the bread and butter, the bread and butter stuff you need to know, like, you know, said, you know, and, and that's where I find the, like you said, the frustration of the fire service is that, you know, Oh, Hey, I haven't had that experience before. So I didn't, you know, no, like there's, there are plenty of things. I mean, heck, you know, even for, I think Bobby said it the other night, like you can go to a fire every day on YouTube, you know, when you're at work, like you can go find, find a video and watch it and learn something from that and put that into your memory bank and kind of like, okay, hey, how am I, how am I approaching this with my staffing, et cetera. Um, and that, that's a, yeah, you, there's, <laughs> I, with the exception of maybe some of the, territories of the United States where there's you, you can't go somewhere easily there's there's always like you said before you draw a, a circle around your position uh, you know in the country 300 miles and you're going to find a conference of education and experience that's there at your fingertips and that yeah I am frustrated with that part of it yeah and and I'm I'm tired of the excuses I'm tired of the nonsense I'm tired where people are blaming others and there's no accountability for yourself 
And that's what, that's really like I when you don't take ownership of who you are. I mean, I'm so tired of going to fires and then everybody's like, oh, man, we did great. You know, high fives and ass slaps. Everything went great. Meanwhile, nobody came back to the firehouse and broke it down and said, man, we could have pulled better, positioned right. better through that. You know, we could have done that better. We should have done this. We should have separated. We should have. There's a thousand things. But mm. I can guarantee you there's a lot of departments out there, a lot of companies that come back from a fire ass, ass slap and high five, and we move on to the next carbon monoxide alarm. Right? Like, and, and that's the thing. It's like, why aren't we sitting down and really diving into our actions? I mean, that's like, that's like a football team at halftime going in and sitting around and, and bullshitting about what's on TV or, or their, or something else. Yeah, exactly. Right. Watching Rihanna and that awful halftime show she did. Right. Like they weren't allowed to watch it and rightfully so because they're there for the game. They should have been dialed in and learn about what they just did in that first half. And we need to do the same more than ever because that's going to hold people accountable. And if you're an accountability, if you're a boss, hold your people accountable. And that's the, that's the un and hold yourself accountable, but that's the unglorious side. Everybody wants to be a boss, but nobody wants to do boss stuff. Meaning it's all glory and high fives and it's fun when everything's good. But the minute you have to discipline, the minute you have to hold somebody accountable, the minute you have to interject and stop something or put something to rest or step on somebody's toes or put your neck out for your people, man, you know how many guys buckle at that stuff? They just can't do it because they're fucking cowards or they're not truly leaders. You got to be a leader. You know, many, many want to be a leader, but don't want what comes with it. And And, and Mm -hmm. And part of it, too, is taking the the constructive criticism and not taking it personally. I said, like, the other day, Q-tip, quit quit taking it personally. Um, There's, like, and I would, I will gladly take somebody to critique me, even if it's, if it's personal, because it's an outside, it's not me through my own rose-colored glasses. But there are people who, when you're like, hey, like, what, you come up, you know, you're on the second alarm and you're coming in on a callback or something, and you, after the incident's over, you're like, hey, how did this happen? And they all, all of a sudden get defensive. It's like, yo, we're just trying to make this better. And one of the things that I, you know, I did it, I, I still do now. It's just, I never published them because we used to not do this, uh, was right. I would write my own critical incident after a, a fire response, whether it was mutilator in the district. And I would just write, these are the things that went well. These are the things that didn't go well. And I'd share it with my crew afterwards and be like, what do you guys think of this after the hot wash and everything else, just to put it on paper and to have it in front of me. Plus, it also gives me a history of the fires I've gone to as far as, you know, pros and cons, et cetera. So I can always learn, hopefully learn and then give it to other people and kind of share the knowledge. You know what the I, mistakes I've made along the way. You know what I hate, <laughs> Rob? You know what I absolutely what? hate? I hate when somebody tells me I screwed up. You know why? Because I already why? know, I already know I did. And I already mm. know. And I already know that I need to do it better. And I've already went through in my brain seven different ways I should have did it differently. I fuck up all the time. I'm a terrible husband. I'm a terrible father. I'm a terrible fireman. I'm a terrible business owner, right? Because ultimately, this is part of being a boss is 100% everything is your fault. You have to own everything. So if you're in a truck company right. and your, your roof guy or your, your guy on search on the floor above screws up, it's your fault. It's his fault, but it's your fault. Everything lands at the boss. And you know how many guys skirt that responsibility? You know how many guys and girls don't want 
to claim their people as theirs and they'll hang them out to dry before they even put themselves into the equation. Every boss should be falling down for their people. It's 100% the boss's fault 100% of the time. Plain and simple. If you run a tight ship and you train your people, whether socially or firematically, the, mm-hmm. buck, the buck stops with the officer. If a guy's misbehaving at the firehouse on your tour or in the volunteer sector, he's doing something that's not supposed to be happening at the firehouse, and the boss, the boss is present and has laid down the foundation of what's expected of his members, when that member goes astray, guess what? It's the boss's fault. Right. Right? Like, we, we as leaders don't want to accept responsibility for our people these days. We're not falling down. We're not, we're not falling down and taking blame and taking care of it ourselves. We shy away from the unglory stuff. 100% of the problems are 100% my fault. Like I said, I'm a terrible father, terrible father, terrible fireman, terrible business owner because everything's my fault and I make errors every single day. Do I think I'm truly terrible? No, but I know there's always room for improvement. So when somebody tells me I did something wrong, trust me, I know I did already because I hold myself accountable. I've subscribed to that model and I think more people need to. You got to start looking in a mirror and realizing who you are. You don't have all the answers, but if you're going to take on responsibility in a position, then you better, you better be accountable for it. And whatever you need to do, if you don't like looking in that mirror and seeing what you see, then change it, fix it, do better, because you have an obligation to do so. Yeah. I've, uh, and it's funny you say that that way, because I, I feel like recently I just had that that moment where I looked and I didn't like what I, what I saw. And instead of, uh, I don't want to say making the excuse, but I, I didn't even get to that point. I just said, quite honestly, fuck this. I'm going to change this because I don't like it. Accountability. Accountability. And listen, don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm not sitting here preaching and saying that. I, I'm telling you, I have my own faults. There's plenty of mornings I wake up, look in the mirror, and I don't like what I see. I promise you that. That's just fact. There's, pro- there's times that I screw up. On the fire ground, there's times that I don't do something right or I'm too aggressive or I'm or I'm not aggressive enough or the if I end up chauffeuring, the positioning was out of position. But I hold myself accountable to those things so that the next time I don't make those same mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. Mistakes are okay. They do happen. It's how you come back from it. And the only way you bounce back from a mistake is when you hold yourself accountable for it. And before a leader has to tell you, if you got a really well put together crew or company or department, before the leader even comes to say something to you, you already know that conversation's coming and you've already addressed it in your own mind and you better have solutions laid out in front of you already. If you go through life thinking that everything is sunshine and rainbows and you haven't addressed your own shit, when they come down on you, that's the problem. Then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, why are they picking on me? I did okay. I did. I didn't do bad right. there. I did okay. I, like, why? Why are you? Why are you addressing this? Why are you? Why is there discipline? I thought I did okay. No, no, that's this disconnect. Like you, the disconnect is is just overwhelming. We get you got to be dialed in, man. It's the uh, that relationship between the symptom and the cause. If if somebody's coming at you and they're pointing these things out and you think you've done nothing wrong, whereas you said before you don't like this because you know because you're tuned in and you're holding yourself accountable there's a problem there a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah so what are we saying here rob 
Are we saying that uh, leadership sucks? Because I don't think it does. I think leadership. No, I think leadership is awesome. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up what I've been able to accomplish as an officer. And I think that leadership is, is, it, it is work, but it's probably some of the most rewarding work because at the end of it, you get to. It's not about you, and that, that's that's where the whole. You know, I think that's a, that's a very big struggle that people have is they think it's about them and it's not. It's about your people and helping them out and getting the mission accomplished and all that. But all these things are not about you. They are about the job, the objectives that have to be done, the things that need to be accomplished and, and all of that stuff. But it's never, it's never you. And I, but at the end of it, like, it's also like, that, that's the fun part because you get to see these, you, know, you should be seeing these great things that have been accomplished well, as I, a result. Yeah. And I love that though. Right. Cause it's not about you yet. It's all about you. Because no, you I, I, no, no, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I just want to break that down. I'm with that. Yeah, yeah, what I'm what I'm saying is it's it's not about you, but it's always about you. Meaning, if you aren't good, if you aren't dialed in, if you aren't ate up, if you are not pushing yourself, then the whole part of it's not about you doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because you've, yes. in fact, made it about you. When when you don't better yourself and put yourself in the position that you need to be in for the greater good, you have made it about yourself because now you're the weak link and the focus is on you and not the whole. When we lift each other up, you promote yourself and make yourself better daily. That is how you make the fire company, the fire department, and the public we serve safer and better. And that's how you move forward is being dialed in, picking yourself up, holding yourself accountable and focusing on the bigger picture. Because when you're good, the big picture is good. When you're selfish or self-centered or not promoting and pushing yourself to be better, that's when the focus is on you. You've become selfish and that destroys the equation of them versus us. That's it. Mike, Mike, drop it. We're done. (laughs) Anyway, 38 minutes on this podcast. First 10 minutes was us just talking about the Death Star of National Fire Radio. But, Rob, I always love rapping with you, man. Leadership and accountability, I think that's a good way to end it on that. The focus is them, not us. But if we're not good, and we talk about that. we A lot of people say that. But I'm, I'm coming out of that a whole different angle, right, is that you have to be on your game to be better for everyone else. So focus on yourself and make sure yourself and accountability is good so that the company is better. That's how it works. I love it. Hell yeah. Good talk, man. Good talk. Thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for hopping on this one. But, um, you know, a lot of people have been listening in. These are going to be a little bit different this week. We're, we're, um, we don't have any guest schedule for this week. We're doing a lot of restructuring on the podcast. So as next week rolls out, the week of uh, February 27th, um, that's going to be an exciting day for a relaunch of the podcast where we're working with different advertisers and sponsors. Uh, we released our marketing and influencer strategy packages as well as our podcast sponsorship packages. So I should say this, if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, we're looking for sponsorship opportunities. You can email us at podcast at nationalfireradio.com and uh, let us know what your thoughts are or your concerns or if you're interested in maybe supporting the show. We have a lot of different ways and opportunities to do that. Also through the new website that's going to be launching within the next few weeks. We have a lot of crazy stuff happening. Uh, new format coming out for February 27th, next Monday, a week from today. 
Um, and that's going to be exciting because that's going to propel the podcast even more forward than we've been already. And uh, I'm excited. The community has been super strong, Rob. Our fans are the, and I say fans, but that's weird. Like the people that listen, the people that are, that are listening to the podcast and, and taking part and sharing it and so on mean the world, man. And um, we just get yeah. such incredible feedback from people. And it's, um, you know, it's very powerful for us to know that, uh, you know, we might be, might be just making a little bit of a difference out there, or at least talking about some topics and get the conversation going. And, um, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever think that we can explain to everybody who follows, supports us in this and what we're doing here, the gratitude that we have for what we all have been able to accomplish. Yeah. And I, I say that because it's not just you and I, it's not just the, the podcast. It comes down to the people who are following us and listening to the message and doing something with it. hundred percent, man. I think it's people that are looking to push this job forward. And, uh, and I'm proud to align ourselves with people that are forward thinking and want more. And, um, and frankly, everyone deserves more. And so I hope that we can give that to them. And as we move forward this year with the new website that's coming out, as well as the, uh, the different formats and the podcasts that are going to be coming out soon, as well as some new personalities, hint, hint, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff coming and, uh, I'm excited to see where it goes and, if you want to push this job forward, then help us push it along. So we appreciate it, man. Rob, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me on, brother. Cool, appreciate man. It. Stay right where you are, and I'm just going to sign off, okay? Mm-hmm. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. I almost feel like I'm at the roller rink, right? 25 years ago, I got the microphone up on the DJ. Now coming to the floor tonight. I love this, man. I love this. Guys, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to try my coolest DJ voice right now. Thank you for tuning in to the National Fire Radio Podcast. We appreciate your support. And please send us an email at podcast at nationalfireradio.com. Let us know your thoughts and ideas about the show. Or if you have any concerns, hate mail, whatever you want to send, send it over. We'll read it and we'll send back a reply. We appreciate the support. And do me a favor. Take the conversation today. Take it back to the firehouse and talk about it. Because when we're talking about the job, we are making the job better. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio.